Hey guys, and welcome back to the Get Peeled Podcast. I'm Hannah Eden and my beautiful husband. Paul Barreto, guys. Thank you for tuning in. And we are here in Phoenix, Arizona, right on top of Camelback Mountain. So we just hiked our way up here. And what are the stats that we just did? It's 1.5 miles and 1,500 feet uh, elevation. Yeah, of gain. So you climb 1,500 feet. It's pretty nice. Yeah. And now we're on top, and it's just so crazy. It's like one big rock right in the middle. One big rock of the right city. In the middle of city. Yeah. Really cool residential um, area as well. Kind of love it. Yeah, it really is. It's one of those things we keep saying, oh, we're looking for a place to maybe possibly relocate and buy a house. And every time we get to a new spot, it's like, wow, this is so beautiful. I could really see ourselves living here. Yeah. But it's interesting. Of course. Of course. Thank you. Um, But we're here today to talk to you guys from this beautiful, peaceful location about uh, why we closed the gym, why we closed Pump Fit Club. Yeah what that whole story was about and to put ourselves in a vulnerable space and share and hopefully you guys can learn from our experiences i know that we've learned so much and there were so many lessons within it and uh just to kind of explain what happened i know a lot of people know obviously in fort lauderdale that the gym closed because that's their, that was their home in our community but online as far as our online community our have tribe um we never really talked about it so i think it's time that's right we never really spoke about um Briefly, in like live videos every here and there, but not uh, not really getting to really much depth. So uh, let's, uh, baby. So what? What? Let's tell how Pump Fit started, how everything came about. Yeah, I think this whole episode will be a kind of rundown of a, of course, focusing on why it closed. But before we get there, telling a little bit of a story of how it began, what Pump Fit Club was, because some people may not even understand exactly. or know what that is, um, and kind of how it began, what it meant to us, and, you know, the, tr- the struggles from running a gym and also the rewards and talking about all of those points from both of our points of view. So, uh, want to start with... A- it short. It might be a part one, part two kind of thing. We don't know. Yeah. We'll see. But we'll start with, uh, what, pump- what is Pump Fit Club? So, Pump Fit Club was a um, personal group training studio in Fort Lauderdale. Um, it started in 2015. Face me a little bit more so they can hear you on the mic. Uh, okay. <laughs> Before we get into it. Um, so Pump Fit Club was a um, personal group training studio, which means that it was group training with a personal touch into it. It felt like you were in a personal um, training session uh, starting 2015, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And uh, it was what we did for five years of our lives. Yeah, and I think even going further back than that, Pump Fit Club was the start of a brick and mortar facility where the brand was already alive. But if we rewind even further back before Pump Fit Club in Fort Lauderdale, um, it was an opportunity that I got, and I've never spoken about this on my own platform or own channel, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we should keep it short and not personal at all. But it's a really good learning lesson, and anytime I have spoken about it on any other platform or podcast, it's been received in a really good way because it taught me so much and a lot of other people too. So if we rewind to the very, very beginning of my fitness journey, um, I began in CrossFit as an athlete and then became a CrossFit coach. Paolo then got into CrossFit as well and also became a CrossFit coach. Now that was our family, right? Like I know a lot of you guys that are avid gym goers have that community or that space where your gym is your home, your gym is your family, um, your friends and, and, and your community. And a lot of them are still around, but certain individuals aren't um, just because of burned bridges that were created and I, I'm not ashamed to talk about it but uh, if we rewind back to the beginning I was given a really cool opportunity and I do want to also thank this individual at the same time because without that individual I don't think I'd be where I am today and people always joke around and say like thanks for the haters because you guys pushed me harder like mm-hmm. it's a kind of a shallow and not the right motivation but at the beginning of my career 100% was my driving force I wouldn't I was like working um, out of 
you know, getting burned and hurt rather than really doing it for myself uh, to really find your reason. Um, but long story short, we were both coaching at this gym um, and we both had uh, a cool uh, classes, right? And we built this up. The guy that owned the gym said, you know, we can't fill this class with CrossFit. So can you fill it with something else? So it started as a boot camp. Um, and we built it and I put a lot of effort into it and was like, okay, like I'm going to commit to it. And I was in school at the time practicing photo photography and graphic design. So I was applying all the stuff I was learning in school into building a brand and how to advertise and make promotional pieces and making like flyers and, you know, dropping out cold call texts to my friends. I was in, in a school uh, where I was going through business of development of how to create your own business for a photography degree. So I started to do that for this fitness space in this class anyway it started building really big and I think maybe the owner of the gym at the time was under the impression that maybe either I would stay there or uh, that if we were to open up somewhere that he would have a, some skin in the game um, but and I think at some point in my mind that was a thought um, and then time progressed and, and certain things were happening that really started to shine light on it, certain individuals and made me question whether or not I would like to go into business with them for the rest of our future um, and long story short Paolo and I uh, made the decision that we wanted to uh, build our own business. Uh, we were building someone else's, and I felt like I was a very undervalued and um, under uh, so yeah, undervalued and mm -hmm. uh, underappreciated. And I felt like shy of my own ability, I guess. Um, and I remember certain arguments happening. And one of the last things they said was like, "Anyone can do what you do." You remember that? Like, and all these like bitter, petty shit happened. Long story short, we got really mad one day and was like, fuck this. I said, Paolo, like, I'm so sick of it. Um, and again, catty bullshit drama. I was like, I'm, I'm done trying to build someone else's business. Like, if we're going to struggle and do this with someone else, like, let's try and figure it out for ourselves. Um, and we did. And that was the beginning of Pump Fit Club. So we both went into business really young. I was really young. Um, do you have any more to add to that story, by the way, from no, prior to? I think, I think it's enough. It's not that, that story doesn't define Pump Fit. No, 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 but I think it's a lesson learned. Yeah. I guess the, the lesson that I learned through that was I never retaliated, right? I think some of the last words that were ever exchanged between us was like, don't ever fucking forget who made you. And I think that's important to say because the natural Hannah would want to just fucking be fiery and spicy back and be, go fuck yourself and blah, blah, but I didn't. And it was the best thing I think I've ever done. It was my, my best failure was at that point. Um, and it went very south. And so I didn't retaliate. We cooperated on every, ex on every level that they expected to, um, and we figured out a way to get our very small group of people to support us and follow us to our gym, and we started with nothing pretty much. I think we had 20 members, right? 25. 25 members, and we built it, and we built it from the ground up. My parents uh, were on a road trip across the United States. They stopped in Florida to help us build out this broken down, des deserted, like, church, right? It was like an old church that homeless people would sleep in. There was burnt cigarettes and mold everywhere. It was fucking disgusting. And we got on our hands and knees and scraped the shit out of the floor, scrubbed all the walls and just demoed the whole place. And between us all, my parents, you know, some friends, some really good friends and us, like we built it, put so much love into those four walls. And yeah, chime in, babe. Um, so yeah, that was the beginning. Uh, December 2015, we opened our doors. And uh, we started our classes. I remember it was December 1st, was a Tuesday. That was, Monday was the grand opening. Tuesday was the very first day of classes. And we had two people in our 6 a.m. class, mm -hmm. right? And, uh, and that's what we did. And dang, for almost five years, it's, it, it was the beginning of everything. And it was the one uh, opportunity that we had that 
open all the doors that came from that point on. Every opportunity that came kind of started from having that base, right? Yeah, and, and I think if we rewind, there's important parts that are exciting that were really fun to do, which was we didn't just open a space and expect people to show up. Like, we put a lot of thought into the brand itself mm-hmm. beforehand, the programming, what was going to be our bread and butter, like, as far as our, so- our secret sauce when it comes to being able to protect your intellectual property. How can we brand each day of the week to create continuity without it becoming too repetitive? How do we make this a cool place to be and and incorporate multiple modalities into one so we don't ever specialize in anything? We generalize in just general fitness so that we can continue to evolve and stay up to date with up, up and coming fitness trends and apply what we're passionate about into our programming, applying what our coaches then began to become passionate about when it got to that stage. And it just became this like evolving space of really cool individuals that would come together. And now I look at it from a business owner's point of view, and we definitely had the above average fitness level come in. And I think that was just through intimidation from the stuff that was seen online that we would post at the most advanced level. Yeah. Uh, but we had everyone from advanced athletes to you know professional football players to a 72 year old member or someone that could barely sit up out of their, stand up out of their chair. Like we have had every walk of human being that you can possibly think of and we and we had such an incredible time and what was pump fit it was how do you explain the the programming how do you explain what what is pump fit what's our, our elevator pitch remember that so the program was um high intensity interval training that combines um variety of modalities into a structure uh training program in a sense that every single day we followed a recipe and by recipe i mean interval structure so that's what we did best high intensity interval training each day we played with different ratios of work to rest uh we played with different structures it was a lot of trial and error in the beginning while looking back from when we first opened the doors and to when we closed them the training and the programming changed a lot oh yeah a lot and we started incorporating everything that we like doing yeah animal flow uh steel maze Lost that one. Animal flow, steel mace, uh, kettlebells a lot. And then um, running, rowing, pull ups, everything box you can imagine. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. Amazing. It was amazing. It really was. It was by far the best it was the best years of our lives. Yeah. To this point. Yeah. yeah. So what was Pump Fit? That's what Pump Fit was. Um, uh, where was Pump Fit? Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I had a little structure here so we stayed on, on track. Any but questions that people asked online, we, we wrote them down, right? Yeah. Uh, so how did it begin? We talked about that. And now I think, you know, if we zoom out, right, and look at this from a high level, um, the experience itself was so valuable. And now that it's gone, you know, it was one of the hardest decisions that we ever had to make. Um, obviously, COVID hit 2020. We were a really small boutique style gym where we had a room that fit up to maybe if we pushed it, we pushed it to 20, but us classes usually were 14 to 16 people. Yeah. You know, we had it, we were really, really um, passionate about making sure that everyone left that building with a higher fitness IQ. So the application of coaching and form and, yes. and, and making sure that everyone moved in the right way was so important to us. So we had a lot of really cool people come through, but, um, it was a small business model, right? And we opened that business when we thought, you know, this is what we wanted to do. I was really young. I was 23. It was back in 2015, right? Yeah. Was, yeah. 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 24, actually. 24. Yeah. Yeah. I was 24. 
How old were you? Oh, you're 23. I was 23. You were, oh yeah, right before my birthday. Mm -hmm. How old were you? Um, shit. Anyway, yeah. you were how many old years older than me? <laughs> he's like five know. or six years older I than me, so know. he's about 28. <laughs> anyway, we opened up really young, and my mind was like, this is exactly what I want to do for my, the rest of my life, is like have this gym and be a mum and pop's gym and have a family and allow our kids to be running around and, you know, maybe we'll get a bigger space next. Like, that was where... I could see and that was all I could see at that point in my life um, but it was around the same time that a lot of things were happening and, and running parallel with the gym um, with that big decision and big 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 steps in my career and then Paolo's too um, and one of them being the Reebok one contest uh, I thought that that's what we wanted to do I remember being at that contest and say and talking to Paolo because he picked up the keys while I was there to our building that I was coming home to to renovate and open this brand new facility and blah 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 and it was really the beginning of everything all at once and um, throughout that experience I had a lot of really cool opportunities I met a lot of really incredible important people in the fitness industry that helped pave the way for me and gave me a break or gave me an opportunity that I jumped at but with that being said it changed the 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 trajectory of the gym's plans right like it was it, it shifted where we thought that the gym was going to go it um began as hannah and paolo were the gym right we made ourselves the business which is awesome people showed up for us but if we weren't there it became a problem so over the five years if we zoom out from that high level paolo like talk to them about like the struggles that we had um you know i want to talk about the general struggles that we had with ourselves and our own personal journeys and the and the growth of the gym and how the gym was going to get to the point that we had envisioned it being at. And then I'm going to ask you one question of like, what was your biggest struggle? Mm -hmm. And you can ask me what my biggest struggle was and we'll do the biggest reward as well. Um, I think that, so whenever we opened the gym, like you said, we had this idea in our minds, right? We, we, we were two young, hopeful entrepreneurs, I guess. We thought that that would be the beginning of a fitness empire. And we thought that that program could be um, all over the world, which ended up happening through different ways and different venues. But initially it was like, okay, we're going to run this. And this is our passion. It's going to be family ran. Um, but then the opportunity started coming after the Reebok contest. And then slowly you started getting opportunities that took you away from home. And uh, in taking you away from home, I was doing what I could do, I guess. You know he was I mean? doing amazing, but I left him with everything. Try no, no, no. It's not. It's not that. So, but I mean, if like, we if we strip it away, like right? I'm. I know yeah. I'm very black. I'm a very black and white person. But like, if we really zoom out from a high level, we went into this business thinking that you, we were each going to have a partner that would be there, and we would do this together. Um, and whenever online and my Hannah Eden Fitness brand began to pick up and become something, we sat down and had a conversation. But now I think about it, like we really didn't give that much thought to it. We're like, are you sure we want to do this? Yes, I think you should do it. You do online, I'll run the show here. And that was when shit started just going crazy, which in good ways and then also not in that great ways. It put a lot of stress yeah, it was on tough. a lot of places. Yeah, it was tough. So it began with us running the gym. And if there's anyone out there right now that you just open your studio or you are an entrepreneur in whatever business, whatever industry you are, you understand that you wear all the hats, especially in the beginning. You wear every single hat. You have to clean, you have to fix, you have to make sure that the customers are happy, you have to do the program, you have to, it, it's a lot, right? Marketing. And for someone who's, <laughs> who gets into that space, and for this matter, if anyone, again, listening out there, for you who got into any industry, if you like baking, if you like whatever it is, you get into that industry because of passion, because you love that craft. And you quickly understand that when you open the gym, 
the actual craft that really consumes maybe one hour of a day. And all the other 23 hours of the day <laughs> is doing all the shit that goes on the background that needs to happen for the business to keep going. So that started happening and then slowly started putting a, a big toll on us, I guess. Yeah. yeah, a lot of stress and I think that there was a lot of guilt and I think that what you project is what people pick up, you know, and I felt guilt every time I got an incredible opportunity. It was like one half of me was like so excited to be able to have this opportunity and, and, and you know, take this next step in my career. But the other half of me was like, felt like it was wrong. Like I shouldn't have been doing it because I had, I'm leaving my community behind. I'm leaving my husband behind or, you know, it got really lonely. It was like, I remember doing crazy things like this and being able to see some of the craziest, coolest places and being like, man, this is not, I feel ugly for complaining about it, but this is not how I thought it would be. Like, I'm so alone and so is Paolo and yet we're in this together. So it, it was it was a stressful time for sure. It put a lot of stress, but from the outside in, you know, everything was great, you yeah. know, but it was hard. It was a really hard, hard experience because I was away a lot. I will never forget one September of like 2018, I think it was. I think Megan and I were home for like maybe six days throughout the entire month and they weren't together. They were like a day mm -hmm. here, two days here, one day here. Like it was crazy. And, Stuff. you know, we did what we had to do, but I just want, I think it's important that people understand, like, people always want what they see as the end result, but they don't understand what it took. And it took a lot of fucking eating shit. Jeremy Scott puts it very, very truly. It's like, you fucking died to be here. You, you, you ate shit to be here. And Gary V says the same thing, right? He's like, you eat dirt, like, you, you know, until you can float on the clouds. But, you know, you've got to be willing to eat shit for a while if you want to if you want to make it. And a lot of people don't. So I think that that's a really important lesson that we all know is like, now that Pump Fit's done, of course we wouldn't share that kind of stuff with our community. <sighs> Ow, motherfucker, you got me real good. But um, it was really tough, really tough, really tough on both of us. Um, so those were the struggles, I guess. Um, but on top of that, I think it was also, let's talk about team building, right? Like how we had such a big breakthrough at the end and it, sh it was really shitty that, um, COVID was the reason why that yeah, we had to tough. stop that. But It's tough. I mean, it's the cycle of life. It is the cycle of any business. Um, it goes up and down. And this is one thing that I think my mom told me that. And it was uh, just a quick proverb that's, it will pass. This will pass. Whether you're doing good, it will pass. Whether you're doing bad, it will pass. Everything passes. Mm -hmm. So there were points where we were doing great. We built the right team. Um, we have ton of members everyone is happy everyone is good and and I remember feeling like oh man this is great if we can ride this for a long time life's good but then and it happened once or twice and three times but be real what happened uh, no just shit happens uh, when you think that you find the perfect team two pieces of that team two pieces of that puzzle they have other plans and they move on to something different and, and then, then you're stuck yeah. in ground zero and then it's you me and one more trainer, and then we have to coach all 37 classes again on yeah. the week. But then we did, we built back up, and right? And we built back up, and then we broke down again. So I think that that cycle happened maybe two or three times. And, by and the life, third time, life happened. Yeah, and by the third time, I remember whenever I looked around and I'm like, this is a great team, I'm just gonna count the days until yeah. the next thing happens. And sure enough, it happens. Yeah. It will never change. And the second thing that was important to throw out there, right, is we'll make ourselves human here, more human. Um, business was doing great, but our personal life wasn't. That was the year that Jess got really sick and passed. 
that was the year, you know, stuff happened in our family, um, really horrible things happened in our family, and it ripped the rug from underneath us. But again, when we hit rock bottom, we built ourselves back up to that all-star mm. team that we had. Uh, we finally, the end goal was to allow someone else to come in and run the show and make them the face of our business, you know, make the coaches the face of Pump Fit, not just Hannah and Paolo. People go there for Pump Fit. People come across the world for our coach, Becky, and for Emily, and they began to do that. And that was something that we discovered at the end was, I think, full disclosure, I used to be afraid of elevating others in case they overtook me. And then I realized that that's such a stupid way to live your life because I actually enjoy elevating others and it's something that makes me tick on a personal level. And I love helping other people get a platform because that was exactly what happened to us, right? And I think it should go full circle. Mm -hmm. So we did that for our coaches and, and it really started to happen. And that was the most heartbreaking and the most difficult decision to make was to close the gym. You know, I always knew that Paolo and I were gonna be okay. We overcome things just from those few examples that we gave you. And we, we, yeah, it's life, we understand that. It's, it's, it's you know, almost like an injury. <laughs> you gotta rebuild and re heal and re rebuild and re-strengthen yourself and get back up and keep moving. But I also understood what this space had done for so many individuals from a leadership standpoint from our, from our coaches, but also from our community, the, the lives that we had changed, like I'll cry over this shit, but ugh. it was such a, um, important place for so many people and it all came down to a decision that we had to make which was you know you look at the numbers you crunch numbers and at first the initial thought when COVID hit I think for everyone in the entire world was this will also just pass and I kept I remember just seeing that all the time this shall too just pass and blah 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 it will but it will all right but longer. whoa we were so naive to think it would be three months four months you know and we were going to push this one through and then it became extremely real and Paolo and I didn't, we avoided the conversation for the longest time. And then we had it and we, were, we put numbers on paper, not feelings. And when you remove all feelings and emotion, um, it was the, the, the only decision that we had really from a business standpoint. And then we decided, you know, if we do push through, I don't have any doubt that we will succeed. But at what price, right? At what stake does we do that? Because it would be our egos wanting to make this work because we have our hands in four or five other businesses that we've created that are doing... That needed us. That needed us and never could have us. And never could have us. Because we were so spread thin that what, you know, it would be a bad decision to put all of our energy, which it would have taken just Paolo and I, because our team may not have been able to be around for us at that point after, you know, COVID um, and the unknown. And there was no stability in that realm. And we had an opportunity to, to put our energy into our other, other businesses and uh, apply our teamwork together again because we hadn't done it for so long. And that's what we did, man. And I, I will never, ever forget the day in, in the Podcast Lounge HQ telling the team. And it was, oh, my God. Like, phew. Yeah, that was intense. Yeah, crazy. So heartbreaking. Hard. And the community, too. And I think that people were like, what? And shocked. Even our team was shocked. But really, like, I have so much admiration and sympathy for gym owners during this time. I mean, we were in the state of Florida and we knew that that was a lot more open and free than the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. um, and we knew what that was doing to us. So I cannot even begin to imagine what that has been doing uh, and will do to a lot of other small business and small gym owners around the world. Um, and, you know... A lot of those people don't have anything else other than that one thing, which was our initial goal too. Pump Fit was all we wanted to do. Um, and you know, when you don't have any other 
you know, baskets full or no other options, it's hard to start again in the middle of a pandemic, then you have to make it work. And I applaud and get put my hands up and everyone that is part of those communities should give a huge shout out to the owners of the gym and the whole team that are trying to make it happen day in, day out. Yeah, that's tough. And, um, and that's how crazy life is, right? Because I remember um, one year after we opened the gym, you decided to open and start the online business to try and somehow um, use the online platform that you had, that you had created to uh, start a business. And shit, if it wasn't for that, when COVID happened, we would have been stuck in between a rock and a hard place, mm -hmm. you know? And that's why we're so fortunate because we're able to pivot and completely focus on the model that has, that had already hit the ground running almost what, two, three years. Mm -hmm. So whenever it happened, and that's why it's so heartbreaking because we understand that if we were in that position, chances are several businesses, if not the majority of them in town, at least in our town, they were in a similar position, mm -hmm. right? And um, the fact that they had to stay open because it was the only option they had, that is, that is so heartbreaking. Tough. And we're, again, fortunate that, I mean, fortunate to have those businesses running. Uh, we were fortunate to have made through those struggles, mm -hmm. right? Because I remember when I said that put a toll on our relationship, man, it was, yeah, we had, we had some dips. Oh yeah. We had some, we had some valleys along with some peaks, but we yeah. had several valleys. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't around much. I had to make a, I hate the word sacrifices. Uh, Alexi used the word struggles. It's like, it's not a struggle, man. I made choices and choices have, you know, a repercussion and they you have to be they have a ripple effect you know although it was the goal was always you know this is for the future of our business and to grow to grow to grow when you stop when you're sprinting so fast if you don't have a tight unit it's like what the fuck are we running for like where are we going so we did that a few times along the journey and recalibrated ourselves and I think that it was from the hardest lessons and the the, the micro losses and you can call them failure I'm not scared of the word failure at all I think it pushes us to be better um, we have come out being better humans, you know, and that was one thing that I remember writing, and I'll probably post it one day, but like a journal entry of uh, when Pump Fit was going on, it was like the biggest takeaway from me for the, the last five years that we put into to the business was how much of a better human being I became, became because of the people that were there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, now especially because we're now all living through a pandemic, um, in connection and being around people and being be able to socialize with people in a very personal level more than just a screen uh, since that's been taken away from us shit we look back and we miss a lot of it and it's tough because and I know that everyone listening right now you had the same thing fuck we were stuck in the house just you and I Oh my God. And then when we look around, we're like, oh, fuck, I really need other people to influence me in different ways. Know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, get stimulated by yeah, others. Stimulated, yeah. different conversations, different points of view, different, just different. And um, yeah, Pump Fit was, uh, was an integral part of who we are today, I think. Because like you said, we opened the gym. I was 29, 30. Uh, you were 23, 24. And... Crap. So, like so every naive. experience that we accumulated, every um, interaction, every conversation, it shapes us yeah. in some way. 
so had a forth. really, really cool community too. Correct. And, um, and it's also the, the, the responsibility that comes with owning a business, especially a fitness facility. Um, you kind of, you already held up uh, by different standards because people look up to you, you're training them, you're owner, and that, and you have a duty, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? To so serve others, to yeah. To serve others and to be the best you can be. And sometimes when that's taken away, in case when we close pump fit, I found myself like, fuck man, I gotta, I gotta do better, I gotta do better. I gotta, you know, it, it always kept me in check, I guess, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what I'm trying to say. That's the point I'm trying to say. Essentially, the facility and all the members and all the relationships kept me in check at least. To try and do more, to try and be better, to try and be more responsible. And with that going away, I feel like um, I had, and I still have, to find other ways to uh, keep myself in check. You know? So, biggest struggle? Biggest struggle. Biggest struggle, I think it was 2018. Um, we were coming from a, fir a first quarter of 2018 was amazing, business-wise. Mm -hmm. We were killing it. And then second quarter, second quarter came around. Um, we had personal issues on our sides, my family, um, our friends. Uh, we have some losses, and after that we had um, the mission in Iceland, the charity mission that we did, where you uh, did a crazy mission. If you guys haven't watched that, you can look it up. Iceland, Hannah Eden, you find it. And then after that, I remember after July, we came back, and I look at the numbers of the gym. And I was like, holy shit. Holy fuck, we're in the toilet. We gotta do something. Yeah. And I remember that from Jul from August to about December was to me the hardest. Business-wise, uh, and maybe personally, but like, yeah. Personally, I mean, inside, my brain was toasted. Mm -hmm. I remember going to bed and having trouble sleeping because I was thinking about the financials, the statements and fucking, the money wasn't there, and the membership was going down, and and uh, fuck. It just I remember, shows, though, mate, yeah. how much you have to apply yourself to yeah. your business because if you don't, it ain't gonna run itself. Yeah. And I have a lot of friends and a lot of people that open up a business and wait for shit to happen. It's like that ain't gonna work. Yeah. What you put in is what you get out, right? It was crazy, but I remember that that end of 2018 was insane. I remember looking, okay, so we're gonna pay the rent. Um, in a few days, because right now this is going to happen and the credit card, you know what I mean? It was like a, a financial gymnastics that we had to do for a while, and that was tough. I remember feeling like a fucking failure, mm -hmm. you know, because like you said, you ran out to do um, the online side of our businesses. I was um, home running the gym, and it's one of those, right? Is it your fault? Yes. Um, is it only your fault? We can argue that all day, but that's not the point. It's almost, when you're an entrepreneur, and I remember... Um, Is what, whose fault? Making that analogy to you. When you're an entrepreneur, you own the driver's seat. Mm -hmm. And if you take the fucking bus to the wrong destination, <laughs> whose fault is it? What do you mean, though, that it's your whose fault? Uh, no, meaning, shit, the, the, the financial side and uh, the business started It's on us, now. it's on us. And, it's, and it was yeah. on me, like, not so much on us, but it was on me because I'm supposed to be overseeing those things and making sure that things have been done correctly. 
Um, yeah, and also be present in every other aspect of your life yeah. that needed you, which is right. humanly impossible. You right. Know? But all in all, it was that. It was one of those, holy fuck, I was a driver. And now we came to the wrong place. You know what I mean? And what so, about biggest reward? Biggest reward? Um, through our life in Pumpfit? Just through Pumpfit. What is your biggest reward from Pumpfit? I guess the biggest reward from Pumpfit is today being able to today. So today it's going to be all right. So May, we're in May. In about 25 days or 28 days, it's going to be exactly one year since yeah, we closed. It's crazy. So one year since we closed the gym, um, it's being able to look back and see that the community that we're able to gather uh, uh, mm -hmm. is still going. Yeah. And our trainers who became family to us, not only they're going, but they're soaring, you know. Mm -hmm. They got everything going on for them. And the community is still around. Everyone is still orbitating around each other. And that to me is... The biggest reward. It's yeah. the biggest reward. It's, uh, yeah, we opened a place and we wanted to create something beautiful. And although the, 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 the place closed, I think that... The proof of work is still there, mm -hmm. still out there in Florida. Yeah. And that to me is, it's amazing. That's cool. How about you? Uh, biggest struggle. Man, I struggled a lot with Pumfit. Um, I think the bit, if we zoom out and I don't want to have one specific incident, I just think over the journey of Pumfit, my biggest struggle was feeling like I was present enough. I always felt like I was never there like I like left it behind which is a probably a personal problem <laughs> yeah but also I did you know I, I I don't like to not commit to things and I struggled with that that we opened a gym but I saw a lot of things that I would probably complain about but couldn't do anything about um and I look back and I think that's a regret of you know of maybe not managing time better and understanding that if I had just given a little bit more of my time, then maybe it wouldn't have been where, you know, in the hardest times that it was in, when, when it was there. Um, and, you know, it was a really big struggle for me because I wanted to be there. And I remember, I th we just said this the other day, like, I have no idea how I did what I did for, like, three or four years, yeah. other than just doing it, right? Which we, Megan and I, and a few, maybe a few other people, but mostly just Megan and I had an office um, in, the other, in the other studio that we have. And it was her and I running the whole show for Hannah Eden Fitness Online. Um, but yeah, I still wanted to coach at Pumpfit. Um, I think I tried to do at least how many days? Was I there every day? Monday through Friday? Almost. And a Saturday? You had one day off. One day off. Maybe two at the end. And it wasn't for money. Like, I didn't want to get paid from Pumpfit. Out of six. You know, out of six, like, not five. Out of six days, you were coaching four. You know, yeah. so uh, it, I just wanted to show up. So I would do whatever it would take to be there and be my best while I was there, even though I probably hadn't slept. So I just got off a red-eye flight and land at six and coach at seven. Like I was in it because I wanted to be there. So I felt a lot of guilt, which was my struggle. Um, but my biggest reward, and I think that is going to be my biggest struggle now that it's gone, um, was that no matter how exhausted I was and how overwhelmed or 
stretched out I was whenever I was moving so much for like the, those three, I would say two to three years of just nonstop moving, is that it always gave me fulfillment. I didn't get paid from Pump Fit. You know, I wasn't, I'm not saying that to, to put that out there, but the point was, is like, I didn't do it for any other reason other than I needed it. I needed that hour with the lights off, the mic on, <coughs> fucking dry, and the beats fucking dry. bumping. <laughs> what? Is that dry? You think I'm crying? I think you Maybe dry. a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> fucking dry. Oh, it's dry? <laughs> yeah, it's really dry. But I did, like, that recharged my batteries every single time. So, like, I don't think I realized how much it did for me at the time until it was gone. Like, you know, being in front of a camera and talking to a camera is incredible because I get to reach so many more people. But it's not instant gratification, right? It's not that reaction from that human interaction that you're getting in the moment. It's like maybe it gets edited, gets put together three months later. It's like you receive that feeling after it's gone you know like that sounds weird but like I, I need that I think and that's something that I'm gonna have to find a way to recreate if it's not going into pump fit and tearing down the fucking roof four nights or four days or four mornings a week um, and it also gave it gave us an application and it was in a space that which was the biggest reward for me which was just to perfect my craft you know you're not just mm -hmm. learning from a book or from education virtually, you're actually able to apply the stuff that you learn into real people every day. And it made us all better coaches. It made us all better individuals too with how to deal and handle and help people because you're dealing with every walk of person. I and I do miss that. That was a challenge. And, and we've always had that too from before fitness. It was in the hospitality industry. Like I think that shapes a little bit of our life and who we become, right? It's being able to be... Um, adaptable and, and, and read people the right way to be able to know how to communicate and allow them to let you in. And no matter how intimidating our space used to feel, probably from someone that was really fresh in their game, but I missed that. And that was the biggest reward for me. It, felt, it filled my cup so much and it made me feel proud and fulfilled. Um, but I think that's actually gonna end up being my biggest struggle, but we'll find a way to, to fill that gap, yeah. you know? It's tough, man. Like you said, it's the, the ability that we had to work on our craft. I love that shit. I love getting on the mic and just... Oh, God. And, and, and understanding and really hammering down the basics of fitness and what we're trying to do. Because whenever you're working with a community that was so vast, and whenever you're working with people that come from different backgrounds and different understandings of fitness or different fitness IQ, like we used to say, you need to find about six to seven different ways of saying the same thing. Mm -hmm. And that's an art, I think. Mm -hmm. I think that that's really cool. Mm -hmm. The different cues, you mean like give an example cues. of that. So let's say like a kettlebell swing. Uh, for someone to hinge their hips, that might not make sense to them. They might round their back. They might drop into a squat. So all these different variations of cueing this person, these six different ways of doing it. And there's so many ways of doing yeah, it. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's so uh, true. It's a challenge. It, it, it's an awesome. It, it's, it's, it was my favorite part of coaching. It's finding a way of cracking through that person. And like I always um, used to say to our trainers, whenever we had the, uh, the facility, and whenever we're going through training, um, it was, you need to be able to train someone as if they couldn't see you. Mm -hmm. you need, your words need to be that powerful. Mm -hmm. And that was always my challenge. And that was always what I focused so much, to have people to be standing in the back of the room and people are facing the front of the room mm -hmm. and I can say stuff and those 
five, six, seven words can be understood and people can kind of course correct whatever they're doing. That to me was the coolest, it is to me the coolest part of coaching. And it's fun, like selfishly, like, oh, yeah. man, I think about it. After every class, I'd be fucking drenched from Drenched. head to toe. Saturdays. Like it was like a club, How like my God, it was like you were, and the energy. And it was always a challenge for me, like no matter what was going on in life, to always be consistent. Be the same fucking coach because mm -hmm. your problems are not their fucking problems. Exactly. They're here to check out of their problems and to be here to get uplifted by you. Like you are here to recharge these people. And that to me is like, oh, the biggest high. And, and you would always feel like a good class, right? You'd always feel a good class. It's like you go on this ride together and it's like you're navigating this space all together at the same time. And it's just fucking crazy. Like everyone's screaming. Everyone's, I don't know. It's wild. I need it, dude. I need, I need this. That. I need this, dude. I need it. But for real, I think that's a really transparent look into. So, with that said, we're going to book our next class. <laughs> yeah. Wherever you are, I miss that. Yeah. I but I, I, once it's appropriate, mark your fucking calendars. Actually, I don't know the date yet, but keep a space open in your brain and maybe put some money aside because <laughs> we want you to join us somewhere in a national park or somewhere in a field or on a farm and we're going to fucking throw down and have a group activity somewhere outside uh, whenever the time is right. Um, obviously when it's safe to do so. Um, but yeah, we're ready for that. And who knows, you know, maybe we throw events or we'll do retreats or whatever we'll do to try and fill that gap, right? But we're going to do it. Yeah, we are. Because I miss it, selfishly. Yeah. I'm not sure if anyone out there misses it, but uh, if you're one of those who do, we're coming for your last. Yeah, and that saying of like, we always say, People always tell us how much we've changed their life. I hope that this episode brings you in to understand how much you change ours yeah. too and how much of a gap there is now, right? There is. I think that the pandemic um, highlighted several things about humanity. Um, several. I'm not going to get into them. But one of the things that it definitely highlighted, highlighted to me is the need that we have uh, for personal connections. Yeah. To be close to people. Although... And, and it's crazy because we created this whole culture of stay away from me, don't, don't talk to me, where's your mask and blah, blah, blah. But all in all, we crave it. Humans crave the presence of other humans. Yeah. And they crave energy, man. Energy and they crave, I, for one, I crave hearing people's stories and other points of view and, and debating and talking, you know what I mean? Perspective That's on life I as well. Like, yeah, I miss, so the, I miss the trivial conversations with our trainers. I yeah. miss the conversations pre-class with several of our members. It was home, right? I think class. that's something that we can end it on. Yeah. Like, it was always home, no matter what. We always had a place to go home to, no matter what was going on in the world. And it was a place that as soon as we arrived, we forced ourselves to leave the problems outside, you know? Um, and I miss that. And I want to thank everyone that was part of that community. Whether you stayed, you left, you all taught us a lesson in some way. And the same thing for our team, you know? And I want to give a huge shout out to our, to our coaches, you know, our head coaches that are still running shit right now. Um, so proud of them, you know, to be able to continue and take what they've learned and the relationships that they've made and continue to keep those relationships alive. I'm, I'm just so proud of everyone. And uh, I'm proud of you too. I want to thank you for- I'm proud of you. The craziest years. Those, those were the craziest years. We made it. The I, next it, year, I can't yeah, believe we made it, but we did. <laughs> we made it. And by, by we made it, we're using not a royal we. <laughs> That we made it as a couple, as friends, as lovers. It was tough. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We made it, man. Well, on that note, we're going to go make out now. And uh, yeah. thanks for listening. Hey, guys. Thank you for joining us again. Um, 
top of the Camelback Mountain here in Phoenix, Arizona. We're going to keep, uh, you know, trailblazing through the country. This is not going to be the last podcast, so you can um, stay on the lookout for more. Thank you for joining us. Give him a quick view. Oh, my butt. It's got numb.